0: The name of that song was Lucha Libre. It's by the band The Dead Elvi, and it appears on their album, Pretty Dead. It appears on this episode of Monster Kid Radio, with the band's permission. This is episode 66 of the podcast Monster Kid Radio, where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not-so-classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I'm your host, Derek M. Cook, and I want to welcome you to episode 2 of our coverage of the film El Santo versus Los Mamios de Guanajuato. Or specifically, our coverage of the Monster Kid Radio crash that took place last week when this film was shown at the Hollywood Theater here in Portland, Oregon. Now, in the last episode, you heard my thoughts about the movie beforehand as well as afterwards. I was joined by guests Chris McMillan and Ray Jelinek. We talked about the movie and had a really good time. Well, this time around, you're going to hear the panel that we recorded After the film CineScopio is doing A three month series Of important Latino films And the El Santo movies Well they fit the bill As far as they're concerned And I'm so glad Because it was so much fun And they're going to talk about How important these movies were To the Mexican culture The Mexican people Of the time You're going to hear Panelists John Cardenas And Enrique Cazero talk about these films and their experience with the movies that sort of thing I probably mispronounce their names because I cannot roll my R's it's a birth defect of some sort but listen to the panel to hear how they pronounce their names because they probably get it right just saying Now, if you have any thoughts about anything you've heard here on Monster Kid Radio, whether it has to do with the El Santo movie or any other movies that we've talked about here on the show, or any topics that you think might be important to Monster Kid Radio, typically we do the classic monster movies from around the 30s to the 60s, and we make exceptions sometimes, like we are doing with the El Santo films. But if you have any thoughts about anything that we've talked about or could talk about here on the show, send me an email at monsterkidradio at gmail.com, or give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 503 479 M K R. That's 503-479-5657. Now you can find all of this over at our website at monsterkidradio.net, where you can find where you can download the show, listen to the show straight from the website, get to our YouTube channel, get to our Flickr album, check out our live 365 radio station. There's a lot you can find out over our website, and I encourage you to get over there between episodes and just explore. The other thing that I'd like to ask you to do between episodes, if you haven't already done so, If you use iTunes, we are asking for 50 honest reviews in the iTunes store. Once we get to 50 honest reviews in the iTunes store, we're going to launch something special here at Monster Kid Radio. Call it a spinoff. Call it a special. Call it a new show. It's going to be exciting. It's definitely going to be relevant to the Monster Kid Radio uh, wheelhouse. Is that cliche to say now? Something new will be coming. And if we get to 50 reviews... We'll get that rolling. If we can get to 35 reviews, I'll announce what it is. And as of this recording, we're already at 33. Two more reviews in the iTunes store, and you'll find out what we have planned once we hit 50. We've got a lot of exciting things happening here in 2014. I've got that special. I've got another mini series thing kind of in the works with somebody else. I'm really excited to make that happen. Just lots of big plans for Monster Kid Radio in 2014. I want to tell you about another project coming up. This one I don't have anything to do with. This is actually a project Headed by Frank Dietz, who is the filmmaker behind the documentary Beast Wishes, which talks about Bob and Kathy Burns as, well, kind of the patron saints of Monster Kids, if you ask me. Anyway, he's got a new documentary in the works, and he's looking for funding over at Kickstarter. The documentary is called Long Live the King, the Legacy of Kong. I can't wait. I can tell you. I've seen a couple of Frank's documentaries, and they're fantastic. Fantastic. And if Long Live the King, the legacy of Kong, is anything like Beast Wishes, I am there. I'm going to make sure there's a link in the show notes to this. I think it's a Kickstarter that Monster Kids are going to want to check out. You can find links in the show notes to everything that we talk about here on the show, including the Dead Elvi and the Cinescopio series at the Hollywood. Just pretty much everything that you hear on the show you can find over at monsterkidradio.net or in the show notes of this episode. I want to get on with this episode and get on with the panel. Why
1: don't we dive into that right after this? Hammer Film Productions began in 1934 and after producing almost 200 films and television programs, the studio is still releasing and re-releasing new and classic film titles. 1951 Place is the podcast that brings you the story of the great Hammer films, one movie at a time. Here are your hosts describing what Hammer means to them. First is Casey.
0: Hammer means the beautiful and glamorous women of Hammer Horror, the engaging storytelling, And amazing period films. Joining him is Derek. Hammer means the incredible work of actors like Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, and even Michael Ripper. The gothic storytelling, the incredible music, and
1: the set pieces. And finally, here's Scott. The man played 21 seasons in Major League Baseball, and for my money, he's still the home-run king. (laughs) This boy has a lot to learn. Join our hosts as they make their journey through the Hammer Films catalogue and discuss each film with critical opinion, historical facts, production notes and other information about these classic films. 1951 Downplace can be found in iTunes or their website www.1951downplace.com I thought this podcast was about Hammer and Hank Aaron. 1951 Downplace, the home of Hammer Films Discussion.
2: Happening when this film came out. So, this film came out in 1971. I don't know if you guys caught that, but in 1971, here in the United States, simultaneously, while this film had come out, we were coming out of the Vietnam War. Richard Dixon was our president. Uh, We had uh, a spaghetti western phenomenon still very, very strong and happening. And we had films like uh, Fistful of Dollars and uh, Good, Bad and the Ugly and those types of films. And all of those kinds of films that used Mexico as uh, that place to escape. And that place that you could run away with. You could break the law here in the United States and then you could run away to Mexico because Mexico didn't give a shit about nothing. And that's not true. But that's what they used it for. And also, at the same time, we also had... Uh, the kung fu film phenomenon happening here in the United States. All of those movies that were being made yeah. in Hong Kong and all over China, that was also happening and those were very, very popular. This is the, the height of the Bruce Lee era and, and what would become the height of that kung fu sort of thing. And in Mexico, this is what was happening. This is what was going on. And so this is the type of films that were super popular in an era right after uh, a very historic time in Mexico where in 1968 they had the Olympics. The, the Mexico hosted the Summer Olympics there. Right before the Summer Olympics of 68, if you guys remember your Mexican history, there were 100 students that were gathered into a courtyard and shot and killed because they were protesting the Mexican government at the time, which was the pre-party and they were protesting uh, the the lack of social justice and lack of, uh, of real democracy that the pre offered them, and they were shot and killed. And the Summer Olympics went on like it was nothing. Well, that took a really, really long time for the country to heal. And if you guys remember that incident, you remember the history of that, it was painful to remember. It was painful to admit that that happened. It was painful for the government to even own up to the fact that they did that. So all they'll really say is that there were... About a hundred people massacred, killed. But there were probably a lot more. And I, so,
3: wasn't, I wasn't born yet. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, yeah, you were. You
4: were like 40 then. That was <laughs> um, I'd like I to take, can can take a moment just to introduce you guys. Yeah. To, uh, on, with The Purple Show, we have John Cardenas. He works with the PDC, and he's producer Shh, for the New try. York International Film Festival. Okay, you don't work for the PDC. He works at Starbucks across the street on 42nd and Sandy. And then we have next to him is Henry Caicero, Carse- and he works for Univision and Mundo, Mundo Fox. Um, yeah. And again, if anybody has a problem, want to ask them a question, please come up to here. You can use my microphone. Yeah. Thank you very much for introducing
2: us. I forgot to do that. Um, well, so I wanted to like, give you some history and some context about what was happening when this film came out, because I think it's important to understand... Uh, what you're watching, and now it's like it's hilarious to us. It's funny. It's like, what the hell are you doing? This is so crazy. This doesn't even make sense. They they didn't even wrestle the 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 mummies at the end. They set them on fire. That what the hell is that? And who has three blow torches in their car? Just like hey, you know, whatever. Just, You know, that's awesome. No one has that. But to understand these kind of films, you really have to understand what was going on. So this was happening in Mexico and they were coming off of that. They had just changed presidents in Mexico. We were coming out of the Vietnam War still stunned and and shocked from that. So these films of escapism, these films where it takes you out of your everyday, normal sort of idea. There is a clear good guy and there is a clear bad guy and somebody wins. If that's not like the classic story of how any good comic book starts and finishes, uh, you know it's, it's hard for me to, to find another thing that, that really describes that other than films like this. And that's why they were so popular. Um, so from a film standpoint, yeah, it's corny, yeah, it's fun, and, and it's supposed to be that. It's supposed to be fun, and it's supposed to uh, uh, not be empty in terms of, of the way you watch, but it's supposed to be fun, and that's it. But for the wrestling part of it, and to understand like the, the phenomenon that Lucha Libre really, really has, um, that's what Enrique is gonna talk about.
3: Yeah. Well, who speaks Spanish over here? Nobody? I don't either. You guys gonna help me interpret. <laughs> now, I, I, I will do my best to speak Spanish to you guys. But, you know, uh, wrestling in the United States is different than Mexico. Mexico, even in the United States, this kind of wrestling is called the free wrestling, which is called, uh, actually, it's, it's uh,
2: known like uh, lucha libre. So lucha, lucha libre literally translates to free wrestling, free fight.
3: My translator, thank you. I will pay you. back. However, so in Argentina, for example, uh, football is like a religion. Yes, everybody. In this, instead of wearing shirts on Sundays, they to the football. Mexico is a little different because we uh, first sport is uh, football, uh, soccer, football, and then the second one was wrestling. And back then, I believe, I remember, uh, <laughs> it was it was a more popular lucha libre. I was three years old. My daddy. I remember barely. He he, he said, "Hey, he was fan of the Santo." So he carried me in his arms, and we walk away. You know, we walk in the streets. There's so many people. And Santo was there. I remember Santo, like this guy that was with the ape. Awesome.
2: It was probably him. That was 1971. No, was, so he was. Were, no, I wasn't born. I don't know that old. Right. right. But, I'll be checking IDs later.
3: However, I mean, it was amazing, and after that, I went to a uh, few uh, competition, and I saw these guys uh, in my a small town, you know, we, we enjoyed it, this sport, but uh, this is one of the sports that many, many people, this they watch on TV and say, oh, they don't get hurt, it's just fake. Yeah, it is fake, but they get hurt. It's... They didn't show the the fly, you know, when they, they fly out of the ring and that kind of stuff. So this sport is it, is very very different. As you see today in United States, you see these guys with the big the wall. wow! But in Mexico, no, they, you saw. There's like me, chubby. You have to have something to, when you when you wrestle. This is it hurts, but. The most important thing is how uh, Mexican uh, population uh, get this thing. Uh, it, it was so popular. Uh, I can't believe it's, it's about, you know, it's like you chair for somebody like soccer, Ronaldo. Now, they used to chair for these guys like that. You say, yeah, Santo, Blue Demon, and then after that, it was like more Business show, the little guys, um, all the start wearing the mask and and that kind of stuff. So this something that uh, I translate back twenty years ago, twenty five years ago when I enjoyed this thing. I haven't seen this movie. I probably I have seen probably two times. But so,
2: how important is the sport today? Like, it's 2014 now. How how important is Lucha Libre in Mexico today? I mean, as a sportscaster, understanding everything there is to no know about sports here in the United States, how important is it over there?
3: To be honest, I don't even report about wrestling in Mexico because it's popular, but not as much as soccer. Everything is about soccer, football, NFL, basketball. still popular, but it's not as popular as it used to be. It, it, it's... It's kind of decreasing because now uh, the boxing and the other what is the other MMA the that's, mixed martial arts fighting that's what is, is, is getting more attention because mm-hmm. I guess nobody wants to uh, risk their body or I don't okay. know something. Well, like. I mean it's
2: truly a film like this then you lucha libre. It's like just like WWF WWE. It's a mix of art, entertainment, athleticism. It's a you know it's a show. It's a spectacular show, a spectaculo. So I have a question for you guys. Why did you guys come to see this film? How many of you guys even knew this film before it was announced here? You guys have seen You guys have all seen it? I mean you guys were you guys were talking nonstop throughout the whole thing and enjoying the hell out of yourselves, which is
5: awesome. Yeah, which rest, is awesome. Wrestling, we're wrestling church. We we believe in wrestling. From <laughs> Japan, Mexico. I had a question we, uh, I had a question about um with uh, sorry. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, uh, starting his Ray network yeah. uh, second, second half of this year, mm-hmm. is, I believe, bringing in AAA, uh, AAA up here really? uh, for uh, a state's kind of packaged true Lucha Libre television show, a uh, weekly show with uh, monthly pay-per-views. Do you see that if it's handled the way that Rodriguez is talking about bringing it up here with his network, uh, that the, just the awesome spectacle of Lucha Libre could translate outside of novelty here in the States.
2: I think he's definitely taken a lot of tips and hints from Dana White. I think yeah. that they've been in discussion quite a lot about how to make this a popular thing, about how exactly to move Lucha Libre into that. The MMA is exactly the model that anybody needs to follow. If they want to follow something, that's a winning, winning formula, because they have the winners and the losers. They have the good guys and the bad guys, and they all do it. And female wrestlers in particular, uh, my girlfriend and I, we watch it all the time, and it's the female wrestlers that are taking on these really good guy, bad guy personas, which I believe is the same exact way. And so I know that Dana White's been in discussions with them about how to proceed and how they're going to grow this thing. Um, whether or not it's going to catch on, I mean, that remains to be seen, but it remains to be seen if he can modernize the sport and modernize the, the characters to reflect what's really happening today. So, you know, I think it's definitely going to be fun no matter what.
3: Okay. So you Thank and your you wife know. wrestle at home?
2: <laughs> it's fake. It's fake.
5: <laughs>
2: You're awesome. You're the best. <laughs> so tell me why else you guys came? I mean, you guys. I mean, how many of you never saw a film like this? You've never seen it. Why the hell did you guys come? I mean, what the what? That's crazy that you would even see Las Mumias de Guanajuato, and you're like, i want to see that shit. That doesn't make any sense at all. But I'm glad that you did. So come up to the mic, somebody. This girl right here. Come up to the mic and tell me why you came.
4: Yeah, yeah. Or that girl.
5: (laughs) Hey, John. Hey, Henry. I was telling my friend Joe that one of the reasons why I'm here is because it reminded me of being a kid. On uh, Saturdays with
2: my mom, we used to watch television in the 80s, and they would show movies like this. They would show three hours of Lucha Libre, and they would show more Lucha Libre. So Lucha Libre, for my family on Saturdays, was an awesome event, and I still cherish it to this day. And she
5: would not cook. She would actually order pizza, which made it even better. Hey, oh. <laughs> pizza <awesome>. or pizza? <laughs> you know, you bring, yeah. up a, you, <laughs>
2: you bring up a very good point. I mean, Lucha Libre was, a, was a, one of those things that was built and designed for the everyday person, the common man. Because the idea of having a mask, the idea of being able to be an everyday Joe and then putting a mask on, you instantly turn into somebody else. You instantly turn into that superhero. And so these kids, I mean, like myself, like Edgar and like Joe, we would literally, literally think when we were walking around town, like he could be a luchador. He could be a, each other. This guy could be a wrestler. This guy, and it was fascinating. And then when you have the opportunity to go and see one of these matches in real life, you see these mass wrestlers in real life in the ring, and then you watch a film. It, <laughs> I mean it blows your mind. You're like, that was a movie and now it's real. And I'm like, holy crap, this is insane. And so it takes on a whole other sort of dimension for a child that naturally you're gonna be drawn in and you're gonna to wanna to know more about that person. In these films, they give a backstory to the character of the wrestler while they're in the ring. You see him in the ring, you don't know their backstory. A film like this gives you the backstory, Well, they're actually a good guy. He's got a girlfriend. He. You know he travels all the time, and you know it's
4: it, it, it fills in the blanks. I have a question. Why did they stop making Lucha Libre films? And when was like the last one? They still do. They still do. They still do? There's a lot more coming. Yes, they still do. Ah. There's what do a lot I, more coming. Where do I find them? <laughs> I want to get that address. Are they just as uh, kitschy? Oh, yeah. now like CGI. They're
5: in
4: in Interesting.
3: Well, I believe they stopped doing these kind of movies. I mean, he's right. They make him now. But they stopped doing uh, after, the, you know, the, the, these movies in the 80s something like that because it was it was going down a little bit but then they became start doing some other things like uh, with the little guys what is it called the minions. yeah yeah the minis these guys so, so they, they tried to raise it up but they didn't do the movies because they were not popular anymore they started in the Mexican film they start doing that kind of crazy nude stuff uh, movies, you know, with the Caballo Rojas and all
2: those
3: guys. I've never seen those. I don't know what you're <laughs> yeah. talking about. So, however, you know, I usually, uh, I am the other side. I don't get the questions. But I would like to ask the, the, the question of one of the, the, the American guys. What do they think about the, the Mexican, the Lucha Libre? Uh, what is the difference with the American Lucha Libre? Or Anybody uh, want to? Somebody? I would like
4: that to know. question. The question is, What is the difference between the Lucha Libre and, like, WWF? Come up to the front. There's a group back there that I think has a lot to say. Come up to the front. Come up to
2: the front. Why don't you guys tell me what the allure is? I'd like to get your guys' perspective. Come Come up to the front.
4: I challenge you. Come on. Let's do it. If you were a wrestler... (laughs) Where is your mask? I think I would bet on you.
2: <laughs> this is not a mess, don't try to tear it off. Seriously, yeah, please. Yeah. Uh,
4: can I introduce
2: you guys? Ooh, look at his shirt? shirt!
4: Blue demon shirt, look at that. And your name? Diana sweetie. And your name? Uh, Rudo. Rudo. Uh, Rudo. 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 I'm giving you guys the mic, here you go. Well, I think in Lucha Libre, there is more chain wrestling. I think there's a lot more acrobatics and high-flying things going on. I think that there's probably more what we would call kayfabe, the really believing and acting like you are that person full-time, that you are in the ring.
1: Um,
4: I don't know. What do you think, Rudo? Well,
5: outside of the ring, you have Batman, Spider-Man, and all these people in the States. In Mexico, Santo was a real man. He was that guy. He was Santo all the time. He was buried in his mask. The whole giant city of Mexico City shut down when he passed away in 84. These are real people, and they chose that. And their children grew up in it, Hijo de Santo, yep. Demon Jr. No mascarists, yep. no one carries Mill's mask, nobody. Uh, but this is very real people. And, and so it's accessible to the everyday person. And you, you're pulling for them. And it's the most wild stuff. One of those, we couldn't remember which, which movie was. There's a movie where uh, someone's wrestling in the ring and the the, the, Rudo, the the villain is using karate chops, which is illegal back in the, the 60s when they filmed it. And uh, he loses the match and they rip off his mask and he's a werewolf underneath the mask. <laughs> Holy crap! But then they go to attack the werewolf and he turns into a bat and flies away. <laughs> Only in Mexican cinema would a wrestler be a werewolf They can turn into a bat. Yeah. And it's just you don't have it anywhere else. It's the passion and enthusiasm that these films captured and also seeing them live in a match in a ring I mean, we've driven out to just, uh, Mount Tabor you used to have huge Lucha leader matches.
4: Yeah, yeah. And it yeah.
5: was uh, Rey Mysterio Sr., and Hijo uh, de Santo wrestled there, and we booed him extensively. Because, like, in this movie, it's Neil it's Mascaris, and it's Blue Demon, and they don't know how to beat mummies but then Santo just shows up with a flame pistol on his cool. Yeah. Yeah. didn't you notice that, that like the film is, the, movie off, like the no film, film is called
2: Santo versus Los Muñiz de Guanajuato and after up. five minutes at the end
5: hombre. he just pops in like and he wins
2: and we were talking about this when we were sitting down we were like how rude
5: of that lady right. guy you should have called him a long time ago exactly You're like okay well thanks a lot yeah. I tried to help because like the whole time what are we supposed to believe that Mill and Blue are just playing chess in their turtlenecks and masks and stuff right until and, waiting for Santo and, to show and then the, the line that kills me. The line that freaking
2: kills me is at the end where he says, well, at least we're all okay. Well, didn't like
5: 17 people die, yeah. including your best friend? Yeah, and the penguin like, penguin Let's go play! Yeah, it's the penguin. And then just a the big close-up of Santo. <laughs> like, that's it! That's all you wrote? That's it? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But the, it's it's the difference between the States uh, is that the States, it's like a two or, three, two or three minute match, and they're just all just yelling and stuff. And you watch the Lucha Libre, actually, the, 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 the sport... It's two out of three falls. These guys are in there for like 40 minutes, and the rules are different. So there's no tagging. If your opponent gets thrown out of the ring, you have to get in. It's continuous movement. They have a hexagon, a six-sided ring, because they have trios matches where three people are wrestling on a team. So oh, yeah, have that's, Warner, that's the that's I the mean, death match. So it's just nonstop. For you get so much bang for your buck as as an audience member, and that's all it's about is the enthusiasm. It just is over the top. Wait, but I had another question for you. You can go
3: yeah. So what do, you, what do you think about uh, Americans,
5: they don't wear masks uh, you like? Oh, but th- that's the thing. And my favorite part is that the mask was brought down to the Luteroff family uh, for CMLL in the 30s from America. 33, yeah. And they took it and they ran wild with it. They ran wild with it, brother. <laughs> and, yep. uh, and they made it their own. But, but the thing that I love also about Lucha Libre is that it's the weirdest uh, bridge between Mexico and Japan. Absolutely. And you talk about it being, what do we say? It's, it's a joke in the U.S., in Canada. Religion. In Canada, it's a sport. In Mexico and Japan, it's a religion. These people live this. And in fact, the best Mexican masks that are being worn today by like, uh, uh, Dr. Wagner Jr. and, and uh, anyone else are, is made in Japan. And the connection, if you look at the old belts, they have two flags on Mexico's flag and Japan's flag. You know what's hilarious is that the Japanese also love mariachi.
2: <laughs> love mariachi. Like they bring mariachi from Mexico to Japan. I'm trying
5: to imagine those two continents partying, and it works great. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? They all, I mean, we all like rice. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> I think we have time for one more question.
2: By the way, who are you guys? You guys are awesome, by the way. Yo, give yourself some freaking big old round of applause. You guys are yeah. badass. Love you. The
5: yeah. wrestling rest- church. Oh, the Jack London.
4: Nice. How do we connect to you? We don't to, to you. <laughs> oh, that's scary. Oh, okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. He's going to put you in a full Nelson. We'll Thank call you, you.
3: Don't call us. Hey, Joaquin. Okay. Uh, yes. I, 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 I would like to hear some experience from the uh, Latinos, too. Mm-hmm. We, we already saw the American part. I think this guy that is taking the picture one stuck.
4: Yeah. You. Okay. I you guys speak Spanish. Okay, um, your
6: uh, translation. translation skills are in call,
2: John. I think the difference
6: getting... between the. Sorry. The difference between the Mexican and the American libre americana is that, as I said, the Mexican is part of a culture. I had much, 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 at a moment much, la mayoría de gente se reía cuando salían los luchadores en México en los años 80 las 70s 60s 70s 80s la gente cuando salía el Santo la gente en toda la sala gritaba Santo Santo y la gente no estaba no, no, no estaba riendo la gente estaba ¡Oh, la momia oh wow o sea la gente realmente estaba emocionada La gente cuando va a las arenas a ver lucha libre realmente está conectada con el luchador. Para ellos la máscara es, es un personaje. Incluso, es, perdón. incluso eh, para algunos países en Centroamérica el eh, el santo era el similar a el hombre araña o Superman. So what he's saying
2: for those for of those who speak Spanish, is that uh, in Mexican culture, wrestling is very much part of the culture. And what he thought was interesting is that when we were here watching the film, some of us were laughing, when we saw them come out, we were laughing because we are entertained. Um, but in Mexico and Latin America, there, it's not laughter exactly, it's cheering. They're like cheering them on and they're like already have picked a side. You're my man. I'm going with you. and We're cheering you on. And so when when that happens, there's an excitement that happens there that they're really trying to root for the good guy and root for their team. Because these people have taken on a whole other persona that's much, much larger than just a mass wrestler. They were as famous or as popular in some parts of Latin America as Superman or Spider-Man. So I mean it was it was of major major importance.
6: Really yeah. Yeah, aparte que las que las momias es aparte de ser un mito, la gente en México lo ve con demasiado respeto, o sea, ir a ver una momia es como que wow. Uh, quizá a lo mejor lo, lo mismo que Egipto.
2: Yeah, you know, so in Guanajuato, how many have been to Guanajuato, Mexico? No no nobody yeah, well, a couple of a couple of people have been, but the reality is that they actually mentioned it in the film that there is a natural thing that happens in the soil that, or just part of the humidity, or part of the way that they're buried, but it actually mummifies people. They, these people actually exist. There are the actual mummies of Guanajuato. That's a real thing, and so there are tours and there are people that go down to the the the, the caverns and to the caves to see these real bodies. And so it's natural that they would put a film based in Guanajuato to say, we're going to fight these mummies. And that actually harkens back to the entry of all Lucha Libre films in the, in the 40s, 30s and 40s. When we had in the United States and across Europe, we had Frankenstein, we had Dracula, and all those other one, movies from the 30s. These monster movies gave rise and gave allowance and paved the way for these Lucha Libre films to be made. So it was a natural fit for them to go to the mummies. what Frankenstein is a
3: fake the mummies, they're not, they're real. They're real. No, they're actually I saw real, them. because there is a, uh, uh, what is it, what is it called, the, uh museo? There is a museum in Guanajuato. I don't know if anybody who has yeah. have been there.
2: You have it. You told no, me. No, 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 I haven't, but I know it's real. I'm not going there. Are you crazy? I saw the movie. Are you joking? <laughs> well, You're I kidding? have been,
3: I've been there,
2: I was drunk, I wasn't scared. <laughs> but, but, uh, Apparently, all you have to do to pass out is them go like this and you go here. Yeah. <laughs> I barely remember, but no, no, no. It, it I was... thought you were the penguino.
4: I thought that was you. Oh, no, he was <laughs> the I think that was you. Oh. Hey! It was me. A- all right, you guys. Um, thank you so much for being here with us at Scorpio. Thank you, John Cardenas. Thank you, Henry Caicedo. Thank you guys for coming here. Thank you, Hollywood Theater and all our community sponsors. We'll see you next month. Santo versus the Martians. Yeah, Yeah, man. Thank you guys so much. We love you. We're Fusionarte uh, PDX. You can find us on Facebook. If you took pictures with luchadores today, just go to Facebook. Type in... Fusionarte PDX. It's like the word Fusion Art with an E. <laughs> fusion Art with an E, PDX, and you'll find your picture there. Thanks, you guys. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Here's the Cabernario, el perro aguayo.
0: I can't wait till next month. I cannot wait for El Santo versus the Martians or whatever title it's going to be going by when they show it on the big screen at the Hollywood. That's one thing we didn't talk about in the last episode. The Hollywood theater has three movie screens, a big movie screen downstairs and two smaller houses upstairs. El Santo versus Los Mamios de Guanajuato was actually shown on the big screen downstairs because, well, it demanded a big crowd. It drew a big crowd. And again, if you're in the Portland, Oregon area, when this rolls around next month, You gotta come. I gotta meet ya. We gotta watch El Santo together. Next week on Monster Kid Radio, got a couple of possibilities. Over the next few weeks here on Monster Kid Radio, we're gonna talk about King Kong. We're gonna talk about Son of Kong. We're gonna talk about the Night Stalker. We've got, well... You know, a lot of stuff. I'm actually going to be at Wizard World Portland this weekend here in the Portland, Oregon area. Now, I'm only going one day. I'm going on Saturday, the 25th. I don't know if there's going to be any Monster Kid relevant stuff there that I can get. I don't have a press pass. I don't have press access. I'm just going as a fan. But if there's anything there that's relevant, well, I'll bring my recorder. We'll see what happens. And if you're going to be there, well, look me up. I'm kind of hard to miss. Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non commercial, no derivatives 3.0 unported license. Of course, that does not apply to the song Lucha Libre by the Dead Elvi. It appears on their album Pretty Dead. You can find out more about them over at deadelvi.com. Talk to you next week.